This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited, so, so excited to bring on our guest today, Fabian Fredrickson. If you don't know her work, you're just going to love her. So what if, what if you could actually have it all? What if you had a life filled with all the things, and I'm not using the word things like things, but like all the things that you want to do, all the things that you love. What if your life was just filled with what you wanted, like what you wanted out of life. So to me, our guest today, Fabian, is truly happy with her life. She's truly happy with her work and herself. And the combo of those three is magical. And that is why I asked her to be here with us today. She's created multiple seven-figure businesses, written multiple books, takes 14 to 16 weeks of unplugged vacation a year, doesn't work evenings or weekends, has a super happy marriage, probably because she actually unplugs, and really lovingly mothers her three kids. And you might be saying, oh, that sounds so nice, but I can't because my life is actually harder than that. And so what I find is that sometimes it's really helpful to just start by understanding what's possible. And that's a lot why I do this podcast, so that we can meet so many people, hear so many stories, and really understand what's possible. And for me personally, Fabienne was somebody who early on showed me what was possible, and I couldn't be more delighted that she's here with us today. So a little bit more officially, Fabienne Fredrickson is a beloved mentor to thousands of women in business. She's the founder of the Leverage Business Program, where she's reverse engineered how she scaled her business to several million annually, yes, several million annually, while also remaining powerfully feminine, which you all know how much I like when we can remain powerfully feminine. Her book, Leverage the Leverage Business, How You Can Go from Overwhelmed to Six Figures to Seven Figures and Get Your Life Back is a really definitive roadmap showing women how to increase their income and impact with heart. And we will link to all of it in the show notes. So go make sure to check that out. But that's basically why she's here. And I don't want to talk too much before we get her on. But I do also want you to know that she's my coach and mentor. So I 
first learned from Fabian, I first was part of her world, part of her program, actually, probably close to 10 years ago, maybe 11, maybe nine years ago. It was, it was just before, maybe it was a little sooner. Maybe it was like seven or eight years ago. Seems like a long time ago. Um, she was one of the first people who planted the seed of my book and how important that was into my head. And our kids are very similar ages. So I just got to watch this woman who was so rocking it in her business and in her personal life. Um, it was just amazing. And at the time, because it was pre the pandemic, seven or eight years ago, um, I got to see her. I got to see her in action. I got to see her. I have actually been to her home and seen her. I've, I've been in a business training when a sick kid was home. And it was just really delightful and amazing to watch. She really is the real deal. And this year, you all know that balance is what I lead with. So this year, I was at a point when I know that it's time for Plan Simple to grow to its next level. And I'm not even willing to see what it would be like to sacrifice my life to make that happen. And so when that happened, I knew that I had to seek out Fabienne again. I knew that I had I needed to have her um, in my wings in order to to do that, in order to really affect more women's lives with this message of balance. And there's nobody better to help me do that than her. So she's literally part of my life right now. And that's why I think I was able to get her on here to be part of yours. And I'm so excited to welcome Ron. And before we do that, I just want to share one announcement right now, which is this. Listen, right now in real time, we are doing a 10-day planathon where you can plan your summer really for balance. So there's no better person to be on the podcast today, and it wasn't even necessarily planned perfectly on purpose to be this way, to show you how powerful it is when you really with intention create the life that you want. And I find that summer is a time when we're sold this idea of what it could look like, right? Beaches, relaxation, empowering time with our families, all the things. And yet women sometimes get left with a lot more responsibility than we do at other times in the year because kids are home. Um, you know, when kids are little, it's like one camp this week, another camp that week. Or if you decide not to do camp, then that means everyone's home all summer. Uh, when you have older kids like mine, maybe they have different things they're doing. Mine happen to be working, which is a whole other level of like dynamic and planning. And yeah, it's not by nature the summer that we're sold, but it can be with intention and a plan. And so that's what we're doing for these 10 days. So if everything that Fabienne is talking about, if this life where you take unplugged time off and you spend really powerful time with your family and you do amazing work, sounds really good, then this is something you might tune into because it will be the place where we make the plan to actually make that happen. So we started on Monday, but it's kind of a cumulative process. And you can totally tune in whenever you hear this to plan your summer. You'll be in a total, it will just, it's, it's this beautiful mix actually of we're starting in this very feminine place to do the plan and we're moving into the more masculine energy to really set the stage for what it looks like to, to follow through on that, 
on the on the intentions that we're setting for our summer. So you don't want to miss this. So go go join us. All you have to do is go to plansimple.com. There is a bar right at the top of the page that will link you to sign up. And I would love to have you. It's going to be great. And I will fully admit that I am doing it along with everybody. Um, Because a few weeks ago, I looked up and I was like, whoa, we've got a lot of big projects coming up. And I have three children who are going to be out of school, one who's graduating from school. And they all have things that they're doing this summer. And I just didn't have all of that yet on, on a piece of paper and a calendar that I could see and understand and and see where those beach days were coming in, what I was going to paint my toes for, you know, all the things. So come join us and it's going to be amazing. All right. Again, go to plansimple.com to sign up and it's free and it's amazing. So you got to go do that. Okay. So now with no further ado, no further ado, there's no, there's no more announcements that need to happen, but that one really feels like it was, um, it was in, in respect to everything Fabienne is going to share. So with no further ado, let's get the amazing Fabienne Fredrickson on the show. Hello, Fabienne. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I, I really am too, Mia. I think this is going to be a really worthwhile conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start off with what it is that you have created, what it is that you balance on a daily basis, because I think that that's really important. Like the whole thing, the work, the family, the amazing things you do. Will you just paint a picture for us of what you've created? Sure. So <laughs> without making it sound like <laughs> putting the spotlight on my accomplishments, I, I feel that I've figured out how to have a, a really, what I, what I will call a really inspired life in the sense that um, a life that I'm happy with I'm happy with myself. I'm happy with my work. I've been able to create a very successful uh, multi-seven-figure business uh, with 14 to 16 weeks of unplugged vacations a year. I don't work on evenings or weekends. I have a nice marriage. And um, I've written a couple of books. And I, I, yeah, how do, how do I keep going? Just, uh, well, and you have, I think one of the things that originally connected me to you was that we have the same amount of kids. So you have three kids, right? Yeah, I have three kids, uh, and I've been able to manage a full career, full downtime, raising three kids that, you know what, they seem to be, they seem to be self-sufficient and, um, yeah, and, and it's with a lot of systems, it's with a lot of boundaries, it's with a lot of the things that, that we'll probably be uh, talking about today. I'm happy to share all my best practices. Amazing, amazing. And and one thing that I'll point out is that also you figured out how to sort of leave your life here in the U.S. and take your family abroad in part of that time. I just, I just feel like you are such a great example, which is why I asked that question first, even though I know it <laughs> puts you on yeah. the spot, yeah. but you're such a great example of what's possible. And I think, you know, I know that a lot of women and a lot of people listening, um, we, we really like a lot of us might feel that, but at some point, like in having kids and in our career, we just sort of stuff that down and don't allow those desires to really be felt much less follow through on them. Well, I think, I, I think part of creating a, a, a really balanced, happy life is knowing 
yourself. And what I mean by that is knowing what makes you happy, knowing what your needs are and allowing yourself to have the life that you want, knowing that it doesn't just land on your lap. You, you have to get clear, you know, what do I actually like? What makes me happy? What doesn't conversely make me happy? And why do I allow those things in my life? What if I were to just remove the things I don't like in my life? And listen, we don't like laundry and we don't like all those things, but, but there are some things that we're saying yes to and keeping in our life again and again. And those things are keeping us from doing what we really want. So for example, uh, my husband, Derek, and I decided five years ago, six years ago, that we wanted to spend one year living in Paris. I'm originally, uh, I'm, I'm half French, half American, originally raised in France. And it was just something that I, I really wanted to experience in my life. And I think a lot of people don't give themselves the permission. They're waiting for the permission train to come as yeah. opposed to making a decision and reverse engineering how it would happen and then taking the action steps. So get clear what you want, reverse engineer, and then get in gear. And we liked it so much. We got all, you know, all the kids, all, all three kids here. And we found the international schools, the apartment, a way to work with our clients in the States. And we liked it so much, we decided to stay, sell our home in the US. We're buying a home in Provence literally like this week. And, and it's about loving yourself enough to give yourself permission to do what you really want. That is yeah. really in the end, that's it. I love that. Um, it's funny. I just had a whole slew of questions, but I want to keep going with that because, <laughs> you know, here we talk a lot about how we're spending our time and how we're planning. And I think a lot of times when we're reverse engineering and planning what we're doing, we're putting like the actual things, right? Like, like, figure out how to live in France, you know, look for houses, whatever. And that spending time to come into relationship with myself has been some of the, you know, and loving relationship with myself has been some of the most well-spent time. Mm -hmm. And it really, it's like a time bending tool to spend time doing that because as you do that and are able to make those decisions with so much more clarity, I don't know. I just find that whenever I'm in that doing that, things just happen much faster than I could have possibly ever imagined. Yeah. One of the ways that, that you do that. See, I, I see that women often uh, overgive. Yes. Uh, put the needs of other people first. Uh, there is this refusal to, to nourish the self. And I don't just mean with food. I mean, with pleasure, fulfillment, getting our curiosities and needs met. And if we were to just look at it, let's say, you know, I've got one daughter and two sons. And if I were, and same, same with you or anybody here listening to this today, if our child, you know, or adult, young adult child came and said, I really, I'm dreaming of this. And I've been dreaming of this all my life. You wouldn't try, well, I would hope you wouldn't try to tell them they can't do it. You would have them love themselves enough to give themselves permission to live that life, whatever that is. And 
if we would to do or if a best friend wanted to do something really extraordinary, we wouldn't make her feel bad for it. We, I don't know, a good friend would help figure out how to do it. Not it yeah. can't be done. How can it be done? What if we were to turn that advice towards ourselves and and uh, to feel worthy enough to live the life we want and worthy enough to say no without feeling bad and worthy enough to put our own needs before the needs of everybody else as a form of self-care, not selfishness, um, I think we would be living even better lives. Absolutely. And I feel like it's funny. That's like almost the seed that you planted in me many years ago. Um, so I will credit you with, with that because one of the things that I didn't understand, you know, you always hear like, you'll know what the next thing is. You'll know what the next step is. But I, from that place of I'm not worthy enough, the next step is actually very different than from that place of self-love. And so it's so interesting, like, you literally planned it. You literally reverse engineer differently from that place of like, I'm worth this. I can do this. And so that's so beautiful. I just love that. Well, one of the the things that I will say is, is a question that I asked myself so many times in my life is when it comes to being happy and living life, how you truly want to focusing on pleasure. And I know the word pleasure is a tricky one in English. Okay. <laughs> totally. Is. It's, 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 it's like sinful pleasure and guilty pleasure, as opposed to just like pleasure, right? Pleasure, happiness. So if you, if you think about creating a life that makes you happier life of pleasure, but for you, your own pleasure, which is different for everybody else. The question that I ask is where do you stop and why? So on the journey to creating a life you want, most of us know what we want, even if we don't give ourselves permission to have it, if we, even if we don't think we're worthy of it, or it's a totally crazy idea. We, we have, if we really put our, our, our ear to our heart and listen hard, we know the things we're passionate about. We know what makes us happy in the end. Um, and why do we stop ourselves from having that? Where do we stop and why? And it's usually a feeling of inadequacy, uh, people, people pleasing, uh, not taking enough space, not speaking up enough, um, not having enough strong boundaries, not loving uh, our, ourselves or, or just that permission thing again. And, and the who am I? And, and we, especially women in our culture, are taught that it's, it's you know, we, we are here on the planet to, to put everybody's needs first. And I don't really believe that. I'm a, I'm a caring mother. I take care of my children. I take very good care well, of I was about to say, you're like husband. one of the most caring people I know. So it's, I, it's I have so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but the, the reason that I can be, I, I think, so caring and so loving is because I'm also caring and loving with myself. Yeah. Um, when I need downtime, I take downtime. When I, when I want to read and People in my house want to watch TV. I don't watch TV just because, oh, well, I just go read. Um, I, I speak up. I ask for what I want, not from a demanding perspective, but from an inspired perspective, from a, I am worthy, as are you, as are you, as are you. I am worthy to, to be committed to the things that make me happy. 
And then of I course I have so much more to, when I'm my, when my cup is full, then I'm not resentful and bitter and, um, you know, just ticked off. And when you're empty, when, when the oil lamp is empty because you haven't filled it with oil, it cannot shine. It cannot. So, so get your needs met first from a place of self-care. I love that. So I know there's people listening who are like, great, Mia and Fabian, you yeah. all can do this somehow. Yeah, um, yeah. And I promise everyone listening that I couldn't always, even though I definitely do now. And it, it really was the secret to one of the hardest years of my life was taking care of myself first so that I could take care of a kid who really needed me. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for anyone thinking that I, what I have found in listening to lots of women is that we beat ourselves up then for not being able to do that, for not being able to feel worthy. So what are some of your favorite tips, either from your own life or just all the hundreds of women that you coach to shift out of that feeling of unworthiness to, um, you know, cause I, I feel like it's one of those things we can just say like, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't feel that. Okay. So I wrote a book called Embrace Your Magnificence. It's a good one. Uh, It's a good one. Get out (laughs) of your own way and live a richer, fuller, more abundant life. And the very first chapter is called Honor, uh, Love, Honor, and Value Yourself. And it's actually the longest chapter of of the entire book. And it starts with an image. And I say, imagine that you're holding two babies, one in one, one in one arm and one in the other, and they're from different cultures. They look the same, maybe different skin color, different socioeconomic groups. And if you if you were to look into the eyes of each baby, newborn baby, and they're looking at you and gurgling, you know, up at you, and they're both doing this, you can ask yourself, which baby is worthy of a better life than the other? And the answer is, they're both worthy of pleasure, happiness, fulfillment, great relationships, abundance. There isn't one baby on the planet. There's There's no rationale or excuse that you could give me that would that would make one baby more worthy than the other. And then if you think about it, if you look in the world, you could stop two people on the street. And I, and 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 it's it asks the same question. There, the, not one person is worthy more than the other. They're just grown-up versions of the baby. So you came here on this planet, on this earth, worthy of all the experiences that you wish for, all the things you know, the be do have. You are worthy of being what you want to be, doing what you want to do, and having what you want to have. Any construct that says you aren't is made up and ingrained in you. And that construct, you can choose to accept or deny it. The other thing I want to talk about when it comes to worthiness is that, so you're, 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 you came batteries included, right? You know, the gift (laughs) of Christmas morning, the annoying gift that you're waking up on December 25th and there's a toy for your kids and it's electronic and it doesn't have batteries. Like you, you came batteries included with this worthiness. The thing is that our society has trained us, brainwashed us to think that worthiness 
it gets reflected to us from the outside. So you got to have the right job, you know, the conditional love that was, that was shown by our well-meaning parents that if we got good grades, we're worthy, we didn't get good, you know, all of that, that if we have a good job, good relationship, good neighborhood, good car, all of that, you know, good skin, good hair, good body, all of that points to our worthiness or not. But at the at the seat of your soul, you are worthy. And if you could look for the intrinsic, the inner worthiness, and and honestly, just get to a point where you can accept yourself as is. Self acceptance. In my, you know, I've been here for for fifty years, a little bit more. In my experience, from the lowest depths of self esteem, where I let people trespass me, abuse me, in so many different ways, and did not have a life that I loved, it was because I didn't accept myself. I put my value in the in the opinions of others, and when I could. Take personal responsibility for everything in my life, knowing that the places where the parts of my life that didn't work were always the parts of my life where I didn't pay attention or especially personal responsibility. But when I did put responsibility and and was able to turn it around, then I could see myself as being worthy and I could accept myself, you know. Uh, faults and all. I say this all the time. I mean, my 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 husband, my kids. They, I'm like, you know, my faults better than I do. But I can still be worthy, still be a lovable person with all my faults. Yeah. And when we can get to that place, and then from a spiritual perspective, understand that there's no one on this planet who is more deserving. Uh, from a worthiness perspective, more deserving of love and abundance, um, all the love and abundance that life has to offer, then then you can go for bigger. I love that. And I feel like that the whole idea of sort of living from the inside versus, you know, the inside out versus the outside in, that is what as women, we that it's that feminine power that we have. And we just weren't all, most of us weren't taught that, but that is our, our superpower. And that actually leads beautifully into my, the next thing I would love to talk about, because I know that we both say that um, we can have it all. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how you talk about balance, but I've heard you use the word a few times, but I feel like that's one of the most um, things I'm fought on the most, because I really do believe in balance because I believe it comes from the inside. It's not based on like all the things on the outside being perfectly in balance, work and life and wellness, but it's, it's a feeling, right. That we're, we're feeling in balance from that inside place. So let's, let's talk about having it all and, and the possibility of, of, of that. Cause I, I think that once we feel worthy, um, that's when we give ourselves permission to really create that life where there is it all, whatever that means for us. Yeah. So I think it goes back once again to knowing oneself. Um, I, I used to try to dress like others. I used to try to, to act like others, to have my business model be like other people and, and just looking on the outside, you know, for what I should do and who I should be. But then I just decided 
it's really simple and it doesn't sound like rocket science, but it changed my life <laughs> yeah. in the sense of, well, what do I like? What do I want? And if you don't know what you like or you want, write down what you don't like. And I'll give an example that's somewhat controversial. Okay. We like controversy. <laughs> okay. When I lived in the, in the U.S. for 35, 36 years, there is a way that we put our children's needs and whims and the expectations of society of being a mother, uh, uh, sometimes above what we really want to do. And one of those things is this constant shuffling to all the sports things. Yes. Okay. It's like Saturday morning at nine was karate. And then, you know, 10 o'clock was T-ball and, and all of this. And, and I, it was like, and I've got three kids. So it was, you know, I really was an, an underpaid chauffeur. And I love my kids. And a lot of moms say, oh, that's my time to really connect with the kids. So for me, Mia, that was not my time to connect with the kids. I didn't actually like it. Yes. I didn't want to sit there talking to other parents that I didn't connect with. And I know how selfish that sounds. So we, I did that for a few years until my daughter was, um, uh, what do you call that, on the swim team. She was probably like 10 or 11 or 12, and she was doing well. And she decided whatever the swim team thing that she was going to start doing, it was going to be practice five days a week at 630. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> at, at okay, so I'm I'm, I take my food very seriously. Yes. I was about to say you're an amazing cook. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like dinner is sacred in the French tradition. Right. So I'm thinking, so I would have to, to get ready to drop her off. So I would leave the house at six 20, drop her off. I'd have to make her a meal before. And then I I would have to, it wouldn't be worth it to then come home to go back. And so I I said to my husband, I'm not, I'm not agreeing to that. And I know how somebody could be listening to this and saying, like, you're a bad mother. But instead of saying, I can't do it, I just decided I would look at how could we do it where I could still maintain one of the things that like dinner for me is a, it's a big value. Okay. And I, we just came up, I said to my husband, I said, I'm not going to be the one to go. And I don't even want you to go. So what are some of the different ways that we could do it? And there we did a carpool. And there was like all these ideas where every once in a while I went, but it really was rare. And I, I it, yeah, I just, just I said no. And I, I, I said no to a lot of the kids things because I didn't think they actually wanted to go to all these things. A lot of times they just wanted to stay home and be with us. And I think it's like a cultural thing that we have to keep our kids so busy. But, but then there's no downtime for the parents as well. I mean, you know what it's like to have a business and to just give, give, give all week long. You need the weekend to, to, yeah, so, so it's funny. So, so you you found a way to get them there, and I said no. So actually, that's yeah. a big part of my story, um, because I I actually wrote a book about family dinner, and um, yeah. but one of the a big piece of my story was I just decided like 
what four-year-old needs to be playing soccer? So from my perspective, like, you know, I didn't even get to the point of how do we get them here? I was like, I just don't know that they need to be doing that. And I feel like the thing that I can give them is the gift of boredom actually. And like the, the, I'm such a creative person and the the time I'm the most creative is when there's space. So I I call myself a meditative time, right? Time to be in a meditative state as opposed to constantly busy. Yeah. Well, so, so, so then, so we just, I just never signed them up for anything. And then eventually, you know, I now have three teenagers. So eventually they do have desires and wants of their own, but there's no four-year-old coming home and saying, I mean, maybe they hear it in school, but for the most part, it's not like a very grounded ask. Like I want to do soccer. It's mostly that we're putting that on them. And so I was like, if I don't want that, why would I put that on them. So we made a no Saturday activity rule for many, many, many years. And it was huge. I mean, I think it, it was the basis of a lot of what we were able to create, you know, years later. Um, because we, I think that, that should time. be, I think that should be a, a way of life is the, the no Saturday activity rule. And yeah. I'll tell you something. So when we did go, I made it a thing. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't me standing around whatever and shoveling a sandwich in the car on the way I brought a picnic blanket I bought I I brought um a a picnic and we would sit we would be the only family on the side of the soccer field who were you know I'd make a French yogurt cake and I would you know all these things (laughs) I didn't only imagine (laughs) right it brings me joy and I, sometimes I would even bring like a glass of rosé and definitely now yeah. the parents were like, whoa, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love that. And for anyone who's worried about, I mean, we all have to do what we have to do, but I've, you know, I didn't always, you know, I had to do some work around feeling great about this. You know, I definitely loved the time, but every once in a while, like I would meet somebody whose kid was doing really well in all these activities. And I would be like, Oh, wait, am I doing the right thing? And then I would get myself back. But I do have to say, so my oldest is now 18. And one of my fears was, you know, that I was basically making it so that he couldn't reach his goals if he had them, not that I would know what they are, but he ended up becoming an elite crew athlete. So he's like an amazing grower. And, you know, he didn't start though till high school and he really worked his way to, amazingness all on his own. And it had nothing to do with when he was four. So I just, I just, you know, anything is possible, (laughs) you know, when we can stick, stick to our intuition. And, and here's, here's the thing. I think it's this, the courage to be criticized, possibly criticized the courage to be disliked, the courage to be different yeah. Okay. Me and my little picnic blanket with my French yogurt cake. Or me saying, no, I'm not going to the swim me every day. I, I get it. I get that somebody could judge me very harshly, but in the end, Mia, am I going to live a life that's not my own because of the judgment of somebody that doesn't even know me, right? that probably doesn't like me and that won't, I won't even know five years from now, let alone at the end of my life. Why am I uh, contortioning, is that a word, Uh, contortioning myself and my life to not be criticized or disliked by somebody who doesn't actually matter to me? So in the end, and may not, and may not be a good role model of loving herself, right? Because everybody's so many people are acting 
you know, and doing what they think they're supposed to do in various roles, you know, especially in motherhood. <laughs> um, and, and, and they're depleted yeah. and they're not yeah. living their ideal life. Exactly. So, so why would you go really, do that? <laughs> right. So it's about setting the boundaries without feeling guilty, but first checking in again, putting your ear to your heart and listening hard. What are my values? What are the things that make me happy? Con- like conversely, what are the things that don't make me happy? And why am I doing things that don't make me happy again and again and again and again? It doesn't yeah. make sense. All right. So I know, cause I've like been in your house with your kids, you have amazing kids and you're an amazing mama and I've, I've seen you make food. So I know that you're an amazing cook and um, in our ending time together, you are an amazing entrepreneur. So you really have figured out how in my book, um, to, to really have it all. So will you, will you, will you just talk about money for a little bit? <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and I, I just think this is a place that we don't ask for what we want or even sometimes need as women. Yeah. Um, I'll just take it from there. So, so money is this thing, especially, okay. All right. I'm going to use two words, four words that are again, controversial. Okay. What I've observed, because as you know, I I've worked with tens of thousands of women business owners. I help them get more clients, fill their practice and then get their business to multiple six and seven figures. I know that me very much included for anyone who's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And I'm here to normalize um, the fact that women can have this. They can have a really successful business, make very good money, make very good impact and have a very high quality of life unapologetically. And what I've noticed at the mic at my events over the years, countless women, one after the other, um, that are, so the the four words, the economic imprisonment of women. And here's what I mean. I've seen it too many times when a woman will come up to the mic and she will say, if I do that, Fabienne, I'm going home to a fight or my husband won't let me or I can't leave that toxic job because I don't make enough money or, 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 and here's what I really believe that women should make their own money and lots of it. Now, before anybody starts thinking I'm like a money hungry, greedy person, um, I actually live pretty simply. Now I've given up the four cars and all that. I had to go through that for a while. Okay. Just to just test it out, but I live very simply now. And the, the idea is that when a woman makes her own money and lots of it, ideally what she gets Mia is a voice and a choice. I love that. So she has traditionally from my observation, you see that the person in a relationship, the, the, who makes the most money has the last word. So whether you want to buy a car or you want to go on a particular vacation or whatever. And when a woman who traditionally you know, if she's not making the same amount of money as her partner or whoever that is in that relationship, her needs, her voice doesn't get heard fully. But when the money is the same or a little bit more, this magical thing happens. She has a voice and that voice is being heard. 
When you also look at women who stay in toxic jobs, toxic relationships, or even great relationships, but she doesn't make her own money, she doesn't have a choice, not in the same way. So if it's a toxic situation, she's going to stay in that job because she needs the money because she because she needs the money. She's going to stay in that less than ideal situation uh, in her relationship because she doesn't have the money to leave or change things. So I know I'm talking about like pretty dark stuff sometimes around this, but if you're looking at when a woman makes her own money, she's no longer economically imprisoned. So money is actually a really important thing for women, men too, right? Men are oppressed in their own way, but, but the, I, when a woman can, can, create the identity of, I am a woman who makes my own money and lots of it. She begins to take the actions to ask for more, to focus. One of the big things that we do in our program is to, to uh, create focusing mechanisms for, for women to implement more and finish what they start and to, and to be accountable, to reach their, their, their business goals, their, their marketing goals, their sales goals, they're, they're just all goals. And that's when she begins to make that money and that money, there isn't an area of your life that isn't uh, shifted positively if you do it the right way when you make more money. So I don't know, that's, that's pretty heavy stuff here too, but what, what are your thoughts, Mia? I just, I just love that. And I have found it to be true myself um, Mm -hmm. for sure. And um, I'm just thinking it's like, and and I want to go back to that sort of inside out um, model um, because I I think a lot of times it's something we really want for ourselves, but are either told, you know, we have all these stories. We have all like, we have so many inherited stories about money and how we can get it and whether we're worthy of it and especially a woman's role in getting it. And so I, it's just, that work has been so, so, so important and very different actually than what I thought, <laughs> how I thought it would end up yeah. evolving. What, what, what we've been socialized just as from my observation, okay, from 21 years of business coaching to almost an uh, entirely a female audience is we've been socialized to believe that the only way to be successful in business is to be masculine. So we do bro marketing, bro sales, bro networking, bro selling from the stage, you know, bro everything. Now I love men, right? I'm, I'm here championing men as well. The thing is, we are ignoring 50% of our incredible power as a woman. And when you look at the feminine energy of doing business, so the masculine energy is a push energy. A feminine energy is an attraction energy. Um, Doing versus being, um, solo energy of the masculine and the collaborative energy, intuitive versus thinking. If we were to use both the masculine and the feminine, and one of the things that I teach our women business owners is that 
they can set up their day. I set up my day. So the, the first hour, hour and a half of my day is all feminine energies. And then I go into my masculine and I push, you know, push things around in my business. And then lunch is feminine energy and beauty and pleasure and, you know, beingness. And I go back in the afternoon and do more of my masculine. And then it stops. Then we go for the rest of the day, uh, evening into pleasure. The more we as women embrace unapologetically how we can grow our businesses exponentially within our feminine energy. And by using both, uh, we, we will see that we can, we, we don't have to put on the mask of being masculine, selling in a masculine way, marketing in a masculine way. And so I share that because it's this em- embracing of the incredible power of the feminine, the and and just ignoring the fact that the masculine energy has been rewarded for five thousand years, and and the feminine energy is sometimes tolerated, if not ridiculed, especially in business. If you can find a way to quiet down that. Uh, how do you say that, 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 that way of thinking and, and tap into what makes you powerfully feminine. You can use that in your business to uh, really differentiate yourself and do all things business in a way that feels good to you. It feels good doing it. It feels good on the receiving end for the other person. And that's when you will grow your business. Oh my gosh, I love that so so much. Mostly because the flow planning method is about you know how we bring the feminine and the masculine together, and how we make space for that feminine, which we haven't done because the other system that was sure was based on masculine ideals was is superior and planning. Right. Well, yeah, but also plan like you know everything around how we plan time. It, it didn't leave space for in- intuition, and so. I know that we, we we're going to end shortly. And I feel like this is kind of a perfect place because I feel like what you've created and for everyone listening, I am like a, a very happy and proud student of Fabian <laughs> as, well, as well as a colleague. And what you've created is this, this container that feels like the appropriate steps to take to go from, you know, just this desire to make money and this desire to do so with, 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 as an entrepreneur, uh, with an idea that you love um, to this place where that's really leveraged. And you've created this container in a way that to me really matches up the feminine and the masculine, because you're inviting people into that being energy. um, And, you know, you're giving them like just enough structure, but not at the not at the consequence of not being able to connect to their intuition and, and to and be themselves. Them be yeah, exactly. Yeah. To be themselves, which is so beautiful. And so one of the, th- I've never phrased it this way, but, but, and I talk about, I'm, I'm known for leverage, right? Leverage your team, leverage your systems, leverage your yep. time, your business model, all that jazz, but leverage your femininity. Yes. Business leverage your femininity also in your life. The, the more you can, you know, and then and, and and then ask yourself, what is femininity? I don't yeah. know. 
Like, I don't know how to answer that, but you know what makes you feminine and every woman is different, right? We all have our own version, you know, own version of being a woman or whatever we identify with. Um, But I would say leverage the feminine energy. There is, it's, it's, you can't have, imagine if the world were, if, if there was never any darkness, if there was only light and no night, not if there was only light, everything would burn, nothing would grow. If there was only right. um, uh, sun and no water, uh, if you know, all yeah, of that, we need the balance. Yeah. Yeah. We need the balance. And it's the same thing in your life for your pleasure, your fulfillment, your, your happiness. It's the same thing in your business. You can't, just and and men too they can't just be in the masculine energy you need both everything in nature works when there's a yin and a yang a feminine and a masculine and the same thing is true with your business love it so we're going to put in the show notes how to get in touch with fabian in all the different ways but do you want to tell us out loud and for everyone driving or walking while they're listening to this the best way to be in touch with you um, I think a, a great place to start is to to read about leverage. Um, I wrote a, a, a book, which is like, like the new definitive way of taking your business from where it is now and really leveraging it to uh, 250, 500, eventually a million while having 14 to 16 weeks of vacation per year. So that's the balance of the masculine and the feminine. And it's called the leveraged business, how you can go from overwhelmed at six figures to seven figures with your life back. And I'm offering it for free online. Uh, You can get it at theleveragedbusinessbook.com. I'll just say it one more time, theleveragedbusinessbook.com. The reason I'm making it free is because if you get it and you love the concepts, maybe one day we'll work together. I prefer to be transparent about that. I love it. And I've read the book a couple of times and chose to work with Fabienne. So yes, it's been amazing. So thank you so much for being here today, for giving your time and for really showing up um, from the inside out to be an example for, you know, women who do want it all. And um, for really doing that out loud, because I know, I know that's, you know, not always easy. It's a lot, it's a lot. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes. So you can take what you've learned and put it into action because action is where change comes from. We can't think change into being. We need to take action. And here's the thing. When we're craving a really big up level in our life, when we're wanting something new and it feels really big, very often we think that the changes have to be really big and scary and not fun, but that is simply not true. I have seen over and over and over again how it is the little things done consistently that truly add up. And that is why we share three doable changes for every episode. Now, we do share three because I want you to be able to really tune into your needs and what you want and to pick the one that you're going to go with, the one that you're going to work with for the next week and really make it yours. Fit it into your days, 
experiment with it, see how it can work for you or not, but you'll never know unless you do it. All right, here are three doable changes from this episode. Number one, claim one thing you want. What is one thing you want to do today? If you're doing this as a weekly doable change, you can ask yourself this question every day for a week and do that one thing, even if it isn't what others want. It could be planning a meal based only on what you want to eat. It could be staying home from your kid's soccer game or track meet or swimming extravaganza. It could be choosing the playlist that you listen to when you're driving everyone in the car. It could be reading instead of watching a movie with your family. This is about claiming what you want versus what others might want of you or what you might think you're supposed to be giving others. It's about what you really want. I love that doable change. And here's number two. Make a list of things you don't like. If you don't know what you want and like, you surely know what you don't like. So make a list. Include things you don't like, even if you think you're supposed to like them. Fabian talked about not liking driving her kids to all their sporting events. And so she didn't. She did a few times, right? But she saw how it didn't work for her. So she found a way not to. You don't have to figure out solutions yet. Just make the list and get really clear on the things that you're doing probably pretty regularly that you really just don't actually like. It's such a powerful thing to do. I highly recommend this one too. This is one of those weeks where you might want to plan to stack some of these over the next few weeks. Number three, plan your day. If your day is all push, can you relate to that? What if you planned your day with a rhythm like Fabienne's and start with your feminine energy, shift to some masculine push tasks and shift back to feminine for lunch? Didn't you love how she shared that? So you're really tuning into your different energies at different times. Masculine energy is like, super useful when we're trying to get work tasks done. It's not so useful when we're deciding how we want to treat our bodies or what we want to eat, right? There's certain times when it's just not useful. So practice flowing back and forth and making room for both each day. And write down what that looks like for yourself. Try it. By the way, the flow planning method is created to be a flow between the masculine and feminine. That's kind of the point of it. That's the reason why we created it. So definitely dive into that. Go grab our free class over on the site. If really experimenting how to flow between masculine and feminine energy and how that can really help you show up to your life is something you're wanting to do. All right, those are three pretty amazing doable changes. I cannot wait to hear what you do with them. So make sure to head on over to Instagram and join in on the conversation. And I will see you on the next episode of the podcast or over on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me today. 
If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart and have a great day.